Hi there, welcome to Shiloh Tabernacle London. We're located in South East London in Woolwich Dockyard, Block 1, Unit 9, Dockyard Industrial Estate, Woolwich Church Street, SC18 5PQ. Join us for our Bible study every Friday from 7.30 to 9pm and you can't miss our Sunday services packed with prayer, vibrant worship and a powerful word. First service is 9am to 10.30 followed by our family service from 10.30 to 12.30. And now for the best part, let's get into the word. Father, we give you the praise, the honor and the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. As we assemble at your table this afternoon, Lord, we pray that King of Kings will speak forth your word and you will anoint our ears to hear the correct word, my Father, Lord, not to, not to distort anything, not to, you know, to, to hear other things, but we shall hear your word, Father, Lord, King of Kings, that we may be changed, we may be elevated, we may be challenged, we may be anointed to do your work in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, we pray, and somebody shouts amen and amen, hallelujah. Mandele broshika rabrandele reboshika rabrandele rebo. Rabadeni, unchanging you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient one Ancient one ever true. Changing me, unchanging you. We have come with open hearts, so let the ancient words impart. Sing it again. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts, so let the ancient words one more time ancient words ever true changing me and changing you hey. we have come with open hearts oh let the ancient words impart yeah let the ancient words impart hallelujah it's nice to see you Caleb I haven't seen you in a long long time Caleb Let's welcome that young man there. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. We are continuing in our message. Last Sunday I was meant to speak here. We had already started upon it a few weeks ago, but on last Sunday, uh, the Holy Spirit took over and we had to change course and I had to obey. So we did not have any words spoken here, but we had testimonies. Hallelujah. Powerful testimonies, powerful life-changing, you know, experiences. Amen. And even as the word is being spoken today, you are gonna be you're gonna experience the power of God in the name of Jesus. We have been talking about engendering a culture of oneness, a culture of unity, a culture of love here. Hallelujah. And that's where I'm going to continue if you may permit me in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. I know you have no choice because I have got a microphone. So you've got to listen. Hallelujah. The last time we finished with a story that I told you about a young little child that disappeared in the 
jungle, tall grasses of Africa, in, a, in an African jungle. And uh, the tribe searched all day to find this little boy, but in vain. Then the next day, they came up, they, they, they remembered, I think sense came to them, their senses came back and said, you know what? When we go back today, we need to hold our hands during this search. And that very day, the moment they held their hands as they walked through these tall grasses, they found the kid. But unfortunately, the kid had not survived the cold. The kid had not survived the harsh elements of the night. And in anguish and in tears, the mother of this little kid cried and shouted, tearing her, almost tearing down the hills and saying, if only we, would have, we could have held hands sooner. If we had held hands sooner, this kid would not have died. The moral of the story is that we should hold hands now, not wait when it is too late. Hold hands when? Now. Let us unite now. A family, a church, a, um, a company, whatever it is, for, for it to survive, for it to prosper, we need to be in unity. We need to, we need to have oneness of mind. Hallelujah. And uh, we said that Jesus Christ said in Mark chapter 3, verse 25, if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. The New Living Translation, he says, the same, the same, the same scripture, Mark 3.25, if you're writing scriptures down. He says, similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. Feuding. All the time feuding. Feud means fights. Fights. The message says, the message, the same scripture, the message puts it this way. A constantly squabbling family disintegrates. Is squabbling, is squabbling, um, squabbling okay? Does squabbling happen? Can somebody answer me? Does, does squabbling happen? It happens, yeah. But if it is constant, then there's something that's not going to happen. And rather, yeah, unity cannot happen. You will disintegrate. And then he says, if Satan were fighting Satan, there soon wouldn't be any Satan left. You hear that? So, the beginning, the starting point is for us coming together. Coming together, coming together. That is the beginning of the process. Coming together like we are here today. Hallelujah. That's the beginning of the process. But keeping together is progress. We need to endeavor to fight to do what? To keep together. Hallelujah. Keeping together will cause us to work together. Keeping together will cause us to walk together. And that is the success, that is the success of every godly or God-fearing assembly. And somebody shouts, Amen. That is the culture of oneness. Hallelujah. Why? Because we become one flock. As one flock, we have one shepherd. We are under one shepherd. As one family, the Bible says in Psalm 133 verse 1, Psalm 133 verse 1, the psalmist says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. When they dwell in unity, the word means, the word is dwell. Dwell, you've heard how we, we spoke about Alphonse saying that we, we dwell together in unity, we dwell together well. That's why he can come here and we can hug as though we are going to break each other into pieces. Hmm? But some of us have got brothers or sisters whom you look from afar and you don't even want to see anymore. And yet at one point you were tight. What happened? 
what happened Abraham before he was Abraham he was Abram and we know that he went with Lot you know God could not change I don't want to go into that you know in Genesis chapter 13 verse 8 the Bible says that a time came when there was the, you know <laughs> you need to choose your friends very wisely very wisely because there are things that rub off your fr- your friends you see if you are hanging around drunkards there's something that's going to you know rub off uh, off them onto you if you are hanging around uh, drug addicts something is going to rub off onto you if you are hanging around uh, prostitutes or people who are promiscuous something is going to rub off you so you need to choose your friends what wisely unless you are in a position of influencing them properly do not do not not put your life at risk so the bible speaks of lot lot was associated with who with abram and because abram the bible says abram was what was wealthy he was filthy wealthy hallelujah guess what was going to happen to lot what was what was inevitably going to happen to him he was going to become rich hallelujah you, you understand so if you want to become rich do what dwell near rich guys don't run away from them don't belittle them don't be jealous hallelujah so the bible says that a time came when lot had lots of stuff and abraham had lots of stuff they had many animals and what happened the bible says in genesis chapter 13 verse 8 that there began to then there was strife between him between abraham abram because he was not yet abraham between abram and lot and his herdsmen why because the animals had become too many so abraham said to lot in verse 1 let there be no what strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen why why where is the reason the reason is in the verse can somebody come on come on let's 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 have a conversation come on come on why 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 for we are kinsmen can we have another version like maybe the new living translation let's see what this is what he says <laughs> for we are what we are close relatives it says let us not allow this conflict to come between us or our husband after all we are close relatives look at that person that is sat next to you you are close relatives you are relatives by the blood of Jesus Christ the son of the living God hallelujah you are relatives you are close relatives the psalmist in psalm 131 uses the word brothers Jesus can we have that scripture psalm 130 1 verse 1 psalm 133 verse 1 hallelujah are you ready to study the bible this afternoon just how wonderful and pleasant it is when when brothers do what live together in harmony when do when who brothers we are brothers you are my brother i am your sister that's why this, the, 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 the writer of hebrews says in hebrews chapter 13 verse 1 let brotherly love do what continue let brotherly love continue meaning that there is a time or there are things that can curtail it so it's up to you and me to ensure that it does what there's continuity of brotherhood why because we are family families dwell together families must dwell together some of us are here 
I think those people didn't come. There are some people who do not have any close relationships with their, with, with their, with their families anymore. Brothers anymore, sisters anymore. You cannot call your sister. You cannot call your father. You cannot call your mother for whatever, whatever they did. I am praying this afternoon that there will be unity among us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That we may become a family unit as a church. We may become a family unit. A unit is a group that is constituent of a whole. A group, many as we are, but we are as a whole. We become a whole. We become a family. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. We are going to be reading many, many scriptures today. You may not catch up with reading just if it's on the board, you know, catch up on the board. If not, you'll go back and listen to this message because it's being recorded or it's being, you can go back to YouTube and, 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 and watch it later on. Because of time, we're going to be speeding up. So Paul writes to the Ephesians in chapter 4 verse 16 and says, From whom the whole body, the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. We are different parts of the body. The Bible calls us the body of who? The body of Christ. Some of us are the eyes. Some of us are the feet. Some of us are... So you cannot begin to belittle the feet. You cannot begin to belittle the hands because you need the hands. I need the I need. I need the hands. I need the feet. I need, I need the eyes. Somebody say amen. I need it. So he says, the whole body is what? It's joined together. Not only joined, but it's what? It's held together. Somebody say amen. Father, we pray that this afternoon you will join us together. You will hold us together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, that makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in what? Builds itself up in what? In love. It builds itself up in love. The body, the body builds up itself in love. Why? Because every part loves the other part. Somebody say amen. But if there's a hatred, you say when, when, when there's a sickness, when there's a cancer, when the body begins to have cancer, you know what cancer is? Cancer is when the body begins to fight itself. Simple, simply put. In a layman's language, there's something in the body that is fighting the body. That's that then something becomes cancerous. So when the, the, the body of Christ begins to fight each other, then that is a cancer. And we fight that in, we must fight that in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah! Because I need you, I need to love Alphonse. Because once Alphonse is functioning properly, then I will function properly myself. You understand that? If the, that's why if you hit your, 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 your toe against a stone, what happens? What happens? You feel pain where? Everywhere, almost everywhere. You cannot even sleep. You know why? Because the head is feeling it. The head is feeling it. So when the head is hit, or when the toe is hit, the head must feel it. We must work together. Every body part, every part, every one of us must work properly. And that will make the body, this body of Christ grow. In, build up itself in love. Hallelujah. So as we continue to be one person, we, we are one temple. We are one temple. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21, Ephesians 2, 21, it says, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. A holy temple in the Lord. 
We are one household. We are one household. We are one household called Shiloh Tabernacle. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2, 19 to 20. It says, so then, Ephesians 2, 19 to 20. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the, of the household of God. We are fellow citizens. Hallelujah. We are fellow citizens. Somebody may come, may come from Rwanda, maybe somebody may come from Congo, but when we come into the presence of God, we are what? Fellow citizens. Our citizenship is the same. Unless you are telling me you are going to a different heaven and I'm going to another one. There is only one place that we are gunning for. And we have that's our citizenship. Being built, verse 20, it's, being, it's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone. Somebody say amen. We are one kingdom. One kingdom. And because we are one kingdom, we fight together. We strive together. Philippians chapter 1 verse 20 says, Only let Philippians 1 27. Philippians 1.27 Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that when, whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Having said that, today I come to tell us that and remind us because we know that, that the devil will always fight unity. He will always fight what? unity and he's constantly assaulting this fabric of unity. He will engineer and orchestrate discord. He will cause uh, he will cause confusion. He will cause confusion. And his most powerful tool is what? Is division. Because division causes diversion and he does that by distortion. He will divide and erect walls between people who have been in harmony. That is his specialty. When he sees brothers laughing, he wants to throw a stone of discord so that they may what? Disintegrate. The Romans built a wall across Europe many years ago, intending for it to go all the way to the Black Sea. It was the mark of, um, it, was to, it was to mark the frontier of the empire and to keep out the barbarians. Now it is only seen in just ruins. The project was so, so, so vast and the stones so large, so large, that some people who, came, who saw those walls begin, began to say that it's the devil who built that wall. Well, the devil did not build that wall. <laughs> he did not build that wall. Although he's in the wall building business, he did not build that wall. That wall was built by people. You see? So he built walls to separate us from one another. Social walls. Builds up social walls. He builds up economical walls. He builds up racial walls. Ideological walls. That the devil is in the wall building business. And you see, as Christians, we must vigorously and intention, intentionally resist him. Somebody say amen. We must isolate the devil. First and foremost, you need, listen, your friend, your sister is not the enemy. Did you, did you hear that? Your sister, that the fellow human being that you see is not the enemy. Now for us to get on top of him, 
of the enemy, of the devil. We need to identify who the enemy is. There is no such a thing as a bad person. There is only a bad devil. <laughs> there is only a bad devil. So stop looking at your friend as the devil. No. That's, and that's what he wants you to do. Because when he, when he wants me to see Harriet, and Harriet sees me as the devil, then he, she begins fighting me. And instead of fighting the enemy, I've told you about the story here. I'll repeat it again and again. We used to catch grasshoppers. How many of you have remembered that, that story where I'm going? Yeah. We catch grasshoppers, we put them in a what? In a bottle or whatever. A green one is there. The red one is there. The brown one is there. They're all different colors. But when you look through the bottle, what do you see? You see them eating each other. They are fighting each other. Do you know why they are fighting each other? The brown one thinks it's the red one that put it in the bottle. Yet the person that put it in the bottle is on the outside looking at them. As a matter of fact, he's heating up. You know, he's turning up some heat just to roast them and, and swallow them. That's what happens. So you find sisters, brothers in the brothers who are dwelling together in unity as we read in Psalm 133 it's good and pleasant the enemy hates that because he knows united we stand when we are are united he does not have any legal ground of operation so what will he do? discord from the beginning that's what he does let us build walls against him, denying him access in our midst, in our families, in all in our fellowships, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the enemy of harmony from the beginning in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, the Bible says God would come in the cool of the, of the evening to come to have fellowship with, with Adam. And the devil does not like that. He hates it when you have fellowship with God. Because he knows when you have fellowship with God, you will have fellowship with, with your brothers. I am going to say, if you find that you have got, there is a problem with your fellowship with your brothers, check your fellowship with God. I don't care how, you, how long you fast, how long you pray. If you do not have a good relationship, a horizontal relationship, go and check your vertical relationship. Because if you have the vertical relationship with God, you will be like God. You will not hate. You will not... Your relationships will be okay. Now, I'm not saying that you are going to dictate the way other people feel about you. But the way you feel about them is what I'm talking about. I may give love to somebody. It's up to them to receive it or to take or not to take it. Do you understand? But as long as in my heart I have nothing against them, then we are going somewhere. So he erects a wall between God and who? And man. (laughs) And in Genesis chapter 3, 23, we see see the consequences. Genesis chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says, Therefore the Lord sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the garden from which he was taken. He was sent out of the presence of God. He was sent out. Verse 24, he drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden he placed a cherubim and a flaming sword and turned him and turned away every guard and and, and turned every way to guard the the way to the tree of life. The wall of enmity was erected. There was hostility between God and man. 
Because man had shifted his eyes from God's word and command to, and he had shifted them to the flesh, his own appetites and his own agendas. Romans chapter 8 verse 7 says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is what? Is hostile to God. Romans 8, 7. You're hostile to God. As long as your mind is placed on the flesh, you are hostile to God. So for, because it says, for it does not submit to the law of God. And it says, indeed it cannot. So how did the devil succeed in erecting that wall? How did the devil succeed in erecting that wall? That is the big question that we must answer. And every time, whenever there is something that's about to, 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 there's a communication or there's a friendship that is about to break, you need to be on top of it to know what is the game that the devil is playing here. We know it. It's in Genesis chapter 3. What did he do? He used the word. He uses words. The enemy uses words. Do you understand that? He used what? Words. What did he do to the word of God? He distorted them. That's what happens in our, I mean, in, in our communities. Words are being distorted. Somebody said, eh, by the time it comes to you, it is C. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is distorted. He plays around with meanings that, that is proficient at that. Even right now, as I'm speaking the word of God, I, I, I cannot control how you are receiving them because some people are receiving something else. I pray that that's not you. I pray you are receiving the word of God. Hallelujah. I pray that you are receiving the word of God. See, sometimes the message, the message that you intend to communicate is not always the one that others receive. That's where the problem is. And who is in the middle? The devil. Between the encoding and the decoding, there is something in the middle there. <laughs> he plays around with, with those, with those wave, 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 uh, airwaves. Why? Because he uses filters. Every one of us here right now has got filters. Every, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me put it this way so it doesn't offend you. There are filters represented in every chair that is occupied here. Filters. Filters based on background, where you came from. Filters, be, uh, uh, you know, based on your experiences, past experiences. Filters based on your current situations right now, where you're going through, what you're going through. They are filters. And everything that comes to you, you either receive it or you repel it. And because of those filters, the messages that you decode, you know, may not actually become, be what the, 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 the sender intended. So what happens? When the message comes, some, right now some of you are straight away deleting some of the things. Deleting that one, mm -mm, I delete. Others you are distorting. Distortion. And others there's generalization. You take it for granted. So which filters are you applying today? That is the, that's the question. Let me tell you. Wars right now when you hear about the war in Ukraine. The war in Ukraine was started by words. 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 Big men, old men, behaving like small boys. There are still, there's small boys in those old men 
pressing buttons and, 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 and shooting guns, just like they used to fight on the playground. Just the, the only difference is that right now they have got nuclear bombs on, on their tables. They still have, there are still little boys in them. Wars are started by words. Dissensions are started by words. Divisions by words. So we need to be careful how we receive messages. Somebody say amen. Be careful how you receive a message. Do not begin to decipher what somebody has not said or what has not been said to you. Because that's what the devil does. The word of God is what counters the word of the enemy. We need to be men and women of the word of God. Somebody say amen. That word of God is Jesus. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 verse, verse 14. Ephesians 2 verse 14. Ephesians 2 verse 14. I need the word. You need the word. More of the word in you than more of the word of the world. Hallelujah. That should be your mantra. If you have a lot of word of God in you, you will not distort, the, you will not allow the distortion of the enemy to infiltrate you. You understand that? Somebody say amen. For he himself is who? Our peace. Who? Jesus Christ is our what? Our peace. Remember that wall that was erected in the Garden of Eden in chapter 3 of Genesis? The Bible says, for he, him, there was enmity between God and man. But Jesus Christ, the word, the word himself, Jesus Christ himself is what? Is our peace. Somebody say peace. Who has, who has made us both one? He has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Hallelujah. Somebody give a clap offering to Jesus. <laughs> he has broken down that dividing wall of hostility between me and God. And if Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is in you, guess what? You will never allow walls of division to be erected in you. You cannot. If, he's, if he dwells in you, because he's what? He's a prince of peace, isn't he? Somebody say amen. And in verse 16, he continues, the same chapter, he continues to say, together as one body, together as one body, together as one, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross that our hostility toward each other was, was done what? It was put to death. It was put to death. Thereby killing hostility. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, today we command every hostility to die in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Every hostility must do what? Die. Somebody say amen. Unity is of God. World building is from the devil. The Spirit of God is a spirit of unity. The Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. That's why Jesus Christ prays for his disciples in John chapter 17, verse 11. This is what he says in John chapter 17, verse 11. He says, I am no longer in the world. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. He's praying for the 11, 11 disciples. True? Yeah. He says, for they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Holy Father, Tata, Urquera. Speak it in your language. Somebody speak in your language. 
Translate in your language. That, that Holy Father, trans, trans, I want to hear languages here. Translate it in your language. Come on, come on. One, two, three. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Holy Father, keep them what? In your name. Which you have done what? Given me. In whose name? Whose name? Come on, speak to me. Whose name? Jesus' name. So whenever you are claiming Jesus' name and you are not in him, then there is a problem where you are disintegrated with somebody and then there is an issue there. Because once you are in his name, it says that keep them in your name which you have given me. That name, what does that name do? That name, that they may be what? One. Somebody say one. Uno. Umwe. Omwe. Moja. That they may be one. One from Kaberamaido, one from Sokoto, one from Changubu, but all one. Turashimi mana ya tujizumwe. You understand? We thank God who made us one. You have no idea. You think I would have met Harriet if it was not for Jesus. Where would I have found Alphonse if it was not for Jesus? You think I would have met Emma? Hey! It is him. It is in his name. It is in his name. It is in his name. I did not meet you in the name of my father. No! No! Do you know my father? No. But do I feel like your brother? Am I your brother? So how am I your brother? If you don't know my father. I am your brother. You are my sister in his name. Somebody say amen. Holy Father. Keep them in your name. Which you have given me. And have given them. That they may be one. Even as, as we are what? one. We need to be one as the Father is one. As the Holy Spirit is one. And the Father, the Son are one. Now listen, he did not stop on the, somebody say, may say, but he was praying for his disciples only. No. He takes it even deeper. Let's go to verse 20. The same chapter, verse 20. He takes it deeper. Takes it deeper. What does he say in verse 20? Mandele <laughs> Can somebody see that? Let's, let's read together. One, two, three. I do not ask for this only. Comma. Always read that comma. Pause. Whom is he talking? What is he talking about there? He's not. What, the, what is he talking about there? He's not only praying for the disciples, but he's, I'm not praying for this only, but also for those who will what? Who will believe in me through their word. Who is that? You. That's me. So he also prayed for you and me. <laughs> he prayed for us the same prayer. Let's go to verse 21. What is verse 21 saying? That they may, some of them be one. Some of them be one. All. That word all is very important. That's, that's where we miss it. All means all. According to Ruben's abridged dictionary, all means all. Simple. The short, the tall, 
the big like me, the small like you, <laughs> the rich, the not so rich, all, twese, twena, siswote, fena, how do they say it in, in Lingala? Do you remember how they say it in Lingala? All. Nyoso. Nyoso. You understand? All of us, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us. Why? Why? So that the world may believe that you sent me. In other words, when we, do not, when we are not one together, <laughs> We know if we, if the world does not believe that he, 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 he was sent by God. He takes it further in verse 22. <laughs> the glory is still on this thing. The glory. I don't know what you call it in other language. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. It is bequeathed. This is when somebody gives you something, have you worked for it? When somebody, after you have worked for a week and somebody gives you a check, is he giving you a check? Is he giving you? What is he doing? He's paying you. So this glory, we did not, with the glory in which I stand today, I did not pay for it. So I cannot stand here and begin to boast in it. I will be so silly. I can't boast in this. Hallelujah. That's why I will boast in knowing you. I will boast in knowing you because I know that the glory in which I stand today is not mine. It was given. It was given. Somebody say it was given. So if you give somebody something, the onus is on who? To him, on him to receive it. Say, the glory that you've given me, I have given to them. Why? Why has he given us the glory? It's in the scripture there. Why has, give, why has he given us the glory? The glory of God is for what? What is the glory of God meant for? Somebody read that scripture and finish it. Read it, read it louder like you had breakfast. Uh -huh. That they may be one. <laughs> the glory of God is not for me to, 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 to shine and, and it is that we may be what? One. As he and his father are one. Somebody say amen. That's why he says, you know, in um, the scriptures, he says that, uh, I forgot the scriptures, that love one another that they may know that you're my disciples. Love one another that they may know that you're my disciples. The goal here is perfect unity. The goal is perfect unity. Perfect what? Unity. Which is a result of a deep, intimate, and lasting love for one another. I need, I need us to take this word. I'm going to end here shortly because I cannot finish this message today. I'll continue next week. Because this has got to be driven home. God wants us to have a deep, somebody say deep. Now say it like you believe it, deep. This shallow relationship has got to go. This cliche, this relationship that we found here, these smiles that we found in this country, you know those, smiles, those plastic ones, those ones, they've got to die in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Deep, intimate, and the lasting love it has got to last. <laughs> it has got to last. It has got to last. It has got what? To last. Lasting means that it's, 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 it's going to outlive problems. It has got to outlive strife. It has got to outlive squabbles. 
Did we say a scrub was, will, will happen? Yes. But we are talking about a love that supersedes or transcends squabbles, transcends fights. Families fight. Families fight. Is that true? Is that true? Yeah. But true love transcends what? Those fights. And that's what we are talking about here. <laughs> Has your sister stepped on your toe? Yes. Will she step on your toe tomorrow? Maybe. Yes. And the other day? Possibly. But what are you going to do? Are you going to shut her down? The things I'm talking about cannot happen in the flesh. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we are singing earlier those, those songs that we sing, Holy Spirit lead us. Lead me. Lead me, Holy Spirit, in my relationships with my wife, with my children, with my church, with my parents, with my siblings, with my colleagues at work. Spirit of the living God, I need you. A deep, intimate, and lasting love. Somebody say again, intimate, deep, and lasting love for one another. Do you get that? The devil is a champion of division. Those who are divided are not of God. <laughs> that will shock you. Why? Because unity is of God. Isn't, isn't that what we have established? Unity is of what? Of God. Therefore, if unity is of God, whose division is for who? Is of, is of the enemy. So which camp do you belong to today? <laughs> I choose to belong to the camp of God. You cannot love unless you are in the jurisdiction of God under, and under the Holy Spirit. If you hate, if there is dissension, then you are, under, you are living under a certain jurisdiction. This oneness that we are talking about as I close this afternoon is lest is tied together by love. 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 Somebody say love. Love. Turn that neighbor and say, I love you. With the love of Christ, you know, some of you know, some people begin when you say I love you, some people begin to <laughs> they, they get they begin to distort, they begin to generalize, they begin to to block, you know. So specify and say, I love you with the love of Christ. As disciples, uh, we need to be bound by we, we need to be bound by unity, by unity, by unity. How many of you have ever seen a chain link? A chain link, a chain link has got a stronger part of the chain link, and there's also a weaker part of the chain link. But you may be shocked that that weakest part of what seems to be weak in the chain link is what holds it together. The bond of unity tied with love for one another. John chapter 13 verse 34 and 35 will end with that. It says, a new commandment I give unto you. A new commandment I what? I give to you. A new commandment. It is a command. It is not a suggestion. It's not a choice. It's not like a buffet where you go and choose and pick. 
This one you do not choose. It is a command. You are commanded, child of God. I give to you that you do what? That you love one another. Love one another. Child of God, love one another. Just as what? As I have loved you. You also are to love one another. In other words, you also must love one another. Just as I loved you. So all of, some of us concentrate on, I love you, Lord. I love you. And you, yes, you love him. But if you do not love desire, the person that you, you want to say, you cannot say that you love God whom you haven't seen and yet do not love this guy that you see. This, that's, doesn't add up. And then he, qualif- he qualifies and says in verse 35, by this love, that you have for one another. And I'm not talking about, as we, as we shall see next week, I'm not talking about perfect people because there is no such a person as a perfect person. There is no such a person as a perfect person. That person sat in your chair is not perfect. The mascara you have on, the wig you have on, the suit you have on cannot convince me you are not perfect. Just like this man on the other side of the microphone is not perfect. Now that's where the problem is. Especially with these men here behind the microphone. We, we, we tend to elevate them to a level that is almost God. I am not God. I think it's Apostle Jesus who says, I am not made out of metal. I am a human being. Hallelujah. I am a human being. I am a vessel. I am an earthen vessel which in which God has put his treasure. So when this when this earthen vessel makes a mistake, it should not be a surprise to you because it is an earthen vessel. Hallelujah. Now we have got this day and age where we are being deceived by men like me behind this microphone who tend to elevate themselves to the level of God. That is a there is no perfect person. We are all working in progress. I am prone to hurting you. I am prone to injuring you. That is human. Just like you are prone to doing the same to me. So when Jesus Christ is... Do you know how Jesus Christ loves you? You guys have no idea. Let me talk about me. Jesus Christ is awesome to love a man like me. Loving a man like me who trips every other day, but he keeps loving me. There's nothing that I will ever do, me, I'm not talking about you, that I will ever do that will ever change my father's love for me, ever. Can somebody claim it for themselves? Is that true with you as well? You believe it? You know why? Because he, that is love. That we're talking about true love. That transcends mistakes. Love that transcends missteps. That is the true love that we are talking about. Child of God, which is lacking in the body of Christ. We need to tap into that love. While, we're, while I was yet a sinner, he died for me. He did not wait for me to come, to first come to a certain standard. No, he came down for me. Now, can I address some people somewhere who tend to become, to, 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 to elevate themselves beyond other people? 
they have made mistakes, yes, but they are humans. They, they love, Paul says, the love of God compels me to love them. They love that love with which he loved me. Just as I loved you, love others. Period. Now some of us have got black books where you have written people's names. One book is full. You have, you have even bought another one. Today, in the spirit, get hold of those books and burn them. I stand here today justified by God. Justified by the grace of God. Just as if I have never done it. I am justified by God. That is where I get the strength to stand here and speak. I am standing here in his name. I am standing here under his love. And, that, and I'm commanded to, to, to extend the same. Hallelujah. Extend the same. If I'm speaking to somebody here, you need to extend the same love that God has bestowed upon you. Verse 35. By this, by this kind of love, <laughs> people will know that you are my disciples. What shows or what tells a disciple of God, oh Jesus, the way they love others. Jesus Christ never gives up on you. Why have you given up on your brother? Why have you given up on your sister? Do not. They may give up on you, but never give up on them. Hallelujah. Never. The onus is on them. It is theirs. But for you, never entertain that in your heart. Do you understand? Because a heart that entertains that is a heart that is bent on revenge, a heart that is bent on hatred, a heart that is filled with treachery. You cannot worship God. You cannot serve God truly and say that you served God, you worshipped God with such a heart. I am very passionate about that. So is God. By that, people will know that you are my disciples if, there's an if, 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 it's a condition, if you do what? If you do what? If you have love for one another. That word have means that you, it speaks, when I look at it, it's like somebody has a tank. Imagine a tank. A tank of love. <laughs> Every one of us here has got a tank of love. The question is this afternoon, how much love is in your tank? When we were in Africa, we used to buy, we used to, buy to drive cars without, uh, without gauges. The gauge, you know the, the fuel gauge? That is, you know the fuel gauge? Yeah? Yes, sir. <laughs> he knows why I'm saying that. <laughs> a fuel gauge. A fuel gauge tells how much fuel you have what? In your tank. So we used to drive them. Alphonse, I don't know whether you drove such a car as well. You did? So I'm not alone here. So we used to have just so you find them a, a man, you know, like me, running with an with an empty jerrican to a to a petrol station because he, he ran out of fuel on the way. And the reason is there was no there was no gauge. The gauge is dead for some people who did not come here today. 
the gauges are dead. The gauges, they, they, they do not know how much love is in their tongues. Says, if you have love, you have love. Give me that camera. Give me that camera. And let me talk to somebody at home. Give me number one. Give me number one. Do you have love? How much love is in your tank? Do you have a meter? Do you have a gauge? You have a lavometer. If you have love for one another, see, most people have got love for themselves. Everything it is me. Everything it is me, myself, my wife, my kids. Hey, the way they know that we are disciples, the way we know they know that we are together is if we have love for one another. Period. Every eye closed. As you close those eyes and are sat where you are sat, I just want you to travel in your heart right now in the, in the eye of your mind and begin to find and begin to look around and see, is there anybody that I have, black, I have blacklisted in my life? Unless the Holy Spirit is not with you, then he, he should be pointing fingers and showing you where you need to go and amend. Where you need to release. Release. You have love. If you love, if you have love for one another, then the people will know that you are truly my disciples. Father, in the name of Jesus, this afternoon we pray that, Father Lord, you will fill our love tanks to overflowing. Some people have been running on empty. Fill us with your love. Because you are love. You are a God of love. Let me hear people speaking to the Lord. If you receive the message and know what it is, begin to pray. Show me love. Fill me with your love, my Father. That I may love the unlovables. That I may love the difficult people. That I may love those who have hurt me. That I may love them because you love them, my Father. Yes, you love them. God loves their his children as well. They are his as well. They are his as well. They belong to him as well. My Father, I am praying that you work on my heart today. Heal my heart. Somebody his heart needs to be healed. You have been hurt beyond words, my God. Nobody can see it, nobody can tell it, but you have been hurt, my friend. You have been you have been injured, my friend. You have been injured to a place where you have no room for anybody. But this afternoon, in the name above every other name, if you are like me, just place your hand on your on, on your chest, on your, on, your, on, your, on your heart, and say, Lord, heal this heart, my Father, Lord. Heal this heart in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, that it may love again, that I may love your children, again, that I may love your people again, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Father, let your love flow, let your love flow, let your love flow through me, in the name of Jesus Christ. I say, Lord, Father, love your people through me, love the unlovables through me, love the difficult people through me, that they may know that I am your disciple, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Somebody give him a clap offering here in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You believe that? Believe that? Let's go and love them. Let's go and love them.
Some of them are in this assembly. Love them. Some of them are in your homes. Love them. Some of them are your relatives. Love them. Amen. Amen. Is it easy? That's why we're asking for the Holy Spirit to go ahead of you. He's going to enable you. He's going to enable you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon. And I know you've been blessed. For more information about Shiloh Tabernacle and other sermons, please visit our website www.shiloh.org.uk And don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Shiloh LDN. Once again, that's at Shiloh LDN. You've been listening to Shiloh Tabernacle London, changing lives, building dreams. Until next time,